Hello, and welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show, a podcast to help you unlock tremendous growth for your app. My name is Shamant Rao. I'm the CEO of the boutique growth marketing firm, Rocketship HQ, and host of the podcast, Mobile User Acquisition Show. In each episode, we feature experts in the field of mobile growth and discuss strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile growth marketing. By the end of each episode, you will have gained actionable and tactical insights that will help you make more informed decisions in your own work around growth. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is produced by Meryl Vincent, Content Marketing Manager at Rocketship HQ. Our guest today is Dora Trostanetsky. Dora has over 10 years of experience in performance marketing in both the B2B and B2C spaces, and she currently leads growth marketing at Trade Republic, a fintech app that is in the investing space. In today's conversation, Dora tells us about an interesting channel that is quite often overlooked in UA, affiliate marketing. She talks about the opportunities with affiliate marketing and outlines details about how to get started, how to scale, common pitfalls and challenges, and much, much more. If you've ever considered affiliate marketing for your app, or are looking for interesting and unconventional ways to scale, I would highly recommend this episode from one of the smartest folks we know. Very excited to welcome Dora Trostanetsky to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Dora, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be finally on the show that I like to listen to. So thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, certainly. That means a lot. And I'm honored to have you because certainly we have crossed paths digitally and uh, certainly heard very, very good things about a lot of your work. And uh, we're excited to talk about some of the things you've been exploring lately today. We're going to talk about affiliates for mobile marketing, which is certainly a very unique strategy, not something that a lot of people have tried. So definitely interested to dive into this. But to start at the beginning, how did you evaluate that affiliates could be a strong channel for Yeah, absolutely. Happy to uh, tell you everything I've learned in the past few months. So I'm actually recently joined the the fintech universe. I have previously worked in very diverse type of companies, like from music to gaming. I have seen quite a bit, but now this is actually very new and very different from everything I've seen so far. And it's also the first time that I really get to explore affiliate marketing more in detail. So how do you understand that affiliate marketing is a good uh, channel? So I, I think it depends on your industry. I don't have experience doing affiliate marketing in e-commerce. I know that a lot of companies do so. So there's definitely a value there as well. In the fintech world, that makes a lot of sense because it's about building trust. When we talk about financial products, when we talk about people investing money, you have to build trust with your audience. They are inevitably going to uh, research a little bit more on the topic, compare you to other companies. So it's important for you to be out there, to be part of this articles, the websites that are educating people, discussing different options, comparing you to others. So this is a very big trust factor and it's a no brainer that it is important for the FinTech world. And when you got started, what were some of the first steps you took to educate yourself and to understand what the space 
Uh, yeah, so I definitely recommend that you uh, first go and understand what the big players are. Um, so when we talk about affiliate marketing, this could be approached in several ways. It's a pretty standard model that you uh, look into uh, direct affiliation with some websites, with some uh, bigger players in your field, or just go through networks. So uh, there are a few networks. Some of them are specialized in some verticals. Others are a little bit more generic. For example, you might have heard of just an example, AWIN. It's a very big affiliate platform. Another one for in the fintech world, finance ads. And we have quite a few more players out there. So. These are third-party partners that allow you to tap into a pool of websites without you directly uh, managing the relationship and being able to scale uh, a little bit faster by also onboarding all sizes of websites. So these are really the two models that we look into. Are you going for a direct partnership? Are you going for a, a network? And this is that the education goes through, of course, read on the internet, what's out there available as information, but also go and talk to these different partners and ask them how are they doing things for a while. They have been around for a very long time, so yeah. they're very happy to educate everybody who's new. Sure. And presumably the direct partners happen at scale. Is there a specific sort of milestone or point of time when a direct partnership makes more sense? So are there specific milestones or levels of scale at which a direct partnership starts to make more sense that rather than third parties? Yeah, that's a very good question, actually. Yes, it starts with you having the capacity mm -hmm. uh, and the manpower to manage directly. So my recommendation would be make really do your homework. At the beginning, identify who are the bigger players um, in your vertical, who are really the ones that uh, would generate a lot of traffic exposure, but be mindful of something. Some of them are very good for brand marketing and some of them are very performance based so don't get fooled by just the size of the website and their right. volumes because sometimes they don't necessarily uh, convert right. for performance they're just to dare to establish your brand so make sure to make to do your homework write the ones that are big already from the beginning and then you can approach one or two of them just to test the water and also work with a network where you already establish a little bit the, the groundwork saying, I want to test this channel. However, these are uh, the type of websites I want to go after, uh, partners I want to go after. And these ones are the ones I don't want uh, right. you to talk to just yet because you might be exploring something direct with them. Right. To switch gears a bit, you talked a bit about how critical user journeys are and how critical it is to understand these. Right. So for users that come in via affiliate marketing, what are the typical user journeys and how do you typically work with these? Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of user journeys. Uh, this is something I, I like doing regardless of what type of marketing I'm doing, because we as a marketeers, very often we're so much into uh, the type of marketing we're doing, into the numbers, into conversion rates. But at the end of the day, the customers, they don't know any of it. So it's important to put yourself, um, yourself in their shoes and go and explore exactly as they would explore. So as a user journey, just go to Google, type some of the main keywords that relate to your, your company, your vertical, and find out what people are seeing. You'll be surprised sometimes uh, what comes up next to your company name, next to, um, next to the, the search terms. It will open a little bit more uh, your eyes on what's going on the, related to the search queries. And then regarding the user journeys, what's very important is Again, depending on type of product, but let's say you have 
financial product in fintech you want to really establish trust so you want to make sure that the user has cohesive journey something that really makes sense to them so for example if they land on a website that educates them about how to invest their money or or explains just the basics when they click on an affiliate link you want to link them somewhere there where they can get even more information and and really earn their trust and confirm already their inclination basically uh, they have already yeah. shown interest in your brand so make sure that you have this consistent user journey that also brings you from the source to the your website but in a very uniform uh, way be it by creatives right. be it by type of information is being delivered it becomes more complicated to really control that when you're at scale because of course you're not going to be aligned with all of your sources but be mindful of what the user might be willing to uh, learn more do you want to send them to the app store directly if you have an app do you want to send them to a landing page that is specific to their search there are really a lot of options and it depends on their product right and speaking of the user journey right so you you spoke about how that needs to be seamless right so they need to come from the affiliate side to your site and really there needs to be a like single cohesive sequence if you will right do you find that it's impactful to send them from their website to the app store from your website to the app store are there other possibilities of user flows that could work well yeah these are very good questions we these are questions that i had myself as to is it better to send users to the app store because if you think about it when you send users to the app store and your product requires to build trust it's it's not like you just download something you check it and then you decide that you don't want to use it so you delete it or you just it 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 requires a little bit more commitment then the question is would an install happen because it's seen as a commitment so imagine you are not really certain what to do and what to, you know what type of product you want to explore and then you land on the app store and then you just have the screenshots of course yeah. that could be extremely decisive but it is a commitment to hit yeah. this download button yeah. it feels yeah. like you're committing to something and if you send them to a landing page there is no commitment the user can read further they can educate themselves further they can even you know let it open the 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 browser and then do something else think about it let it sink and then come back to it later or even go to the app store organically so yeah. in that sense I would say sending users to a landing page uh, could be very beneficial if your product requires trust. If your product is more of an impulse product, then right. I would definitely not dismiss the the app store, but either way I would say do right. both. Check for your product what works best or maybe they're equally uh working, maybe you can have buckets of users that react better to one or the other. At the end of the day yeah. it's all about A/B testing. Right and especially for high investment high in products i can see why having more information to build that trust can be so critical right so that certainly makes sense the other aspect that i'm very curious about is how attribution happens right obviously att has been very top of mind for everyone can you help understand and explain a how attribution happens but also if this is impacted by att at all Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, attribution favorite topic. I think to every marketer out there regardless of what type of marketing they're doing, ATT is best friends for everybody. But in affiliate marketing, things are a, a bit different. Why? Because depending of course where you send your users to, but let's assume that you send your users to a web page. And once you send the user to a web page, uh, quite a few companies what they're 
they're doing is they're using a different identifier. So when it comes to apps that require subscription of any sorts, I'm not talking about paid subscription, I just let's not call it maybe subscription, but registration, sorry, that's the more exact term, that require registration, users are giving you a piece of information at first. So you can ask them to give you an email address, for example, to start the registration or a phone number or some something that can identify them and use this as an identifier. So what users really love to do also is switch platforms. We have seen that in the past with, in the industry with Facebook A-B testing, sending users to a web page or to uh, the app store. And we actually noticed that quite a few people are jumping from one platform to the other and it can become very difficult and tedious yeah. to really track them. So best way is like, can you capture them in some way on web? So when they decide to switch platform and even organically just go to the app store, you have an identifier to match them with and say, this is a person that we have seen came from this source and then decided to continue on a different platform. So in affiliate marketing, if you have this kind of your own identifier, a right. given, of course, by the user, that will be a best way to for you to understand this cross-platform situation that's happening. Right, so because you're able to get the info on the web, like you said, by email. And once you have that email that's mapped to a specific affiliate source, and then you can basically follow that user when they transact. Does that did I understand that yes. correctly? Yes, right. that's correct. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? And presumably that's also where you're able to follow them across multiple platforms. So they're on web, then they go to mobile. Even if they change devices, you're able to continue their following them. Then. Yeah. So this is uh, exactly for you understanding the quality of your channel of performance. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I realized, you know, just capturing that info early on, it's not something that a lot of products can do or are able to do, but it sounds like that's something that's very vertical specific that you guys are able to capture. Just yeah, actually a lot of services have a registration today, of course, depending on the branch, but even e-commerce have registrations for you to access sometimes or at least try to push you to register as soon as possible. So it becomes quite common or it's already common actually for, for users to register. Also on music platforms, for, ex for example, right. uh, just have this sort of like a gated content in a way. That's it. So yeah, so with affiliates, let's assume you've been testing affiliates, things are working, you did third-party platforms, you did some direct deals. In order to scale affiliates as a channel, are there specific best practices that come to mind? Yeah, absolutely. So again, I, I know I'll say again that it depends on um, the, the size of your team, your strategy, what your ambitions are. But I think as a general rule is when you want to scale, you have to make sure that you have either, either you have the manpower, you have your prioritization and you have your prioritization in check because what you can do is as discussed at the very beginning of this conversation, is identify who the big players are, who are the ones that potentially can help you tap into a wider audience or, or a very relevant audience for your user and, and talk to them, try to make a direct affiliate deals with these players. And if you really want to run affiliation at scale, then a third-party network comes into play because they, they're connected to actually I, I think the majority of publishers, if not all of them, of all of the websites. 
and then you can really be able to appear in uh, on small and, and medium and big websites and then really tap into all kind of audience including niche audiences or some people that are a little bit harder to reach through other channels so i would say best practice there would be to diversify your basket mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. make sure that you have this direct deals that you also have eventually also some brand marketing where it just the website that talks about you without necessarily having to perform in terms of conversions. And then you also have a third-party network that will allow you to really expand. So diversify, diversify, diversify. Uh, that's what I would yeah. say. And if you really, really want to grow and uh, invest money into this activity, then uh, make sure to invest in uh, hiring people as I'm learning every day. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way. Mm -hmm. And hiring people, is that because you need somebody to manage this relationship? talk to all these people yes you need in-house like i'm a big fan of having in-house folks so it's not completely being external to the company so you have someone from the inside that really understands the subject and can work together with the third party so this person will be talking to the direct partners but also talking to indirect partners that allow you to tap into more resources and, and really assess the performance and has the best interest of the company in mind because as much as partners are great out there and uh, there are many you can trust, it is, of course, the ideal to have someone that understands also the, the goals of the company, the KPIs that need to be reached and really strives and pushes the partners to sure. uh, go in that, in, in that direction. Certainly. And what would you say are some of the common mistakes that people make with affiliates? Not the diversifying, so really uh, counting on one player, working with only one partner, putting all their eggs in one basket. I would say that's a, that's a mistake that I'm seeing. And also, I think affiliate marketing, it's not a well understood channel. It's a very underestimated channel. It's not, you know, as, as popular as the social media channels. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So people tend to ignore it in many verticals, but it has very big potential, especially in the fintech world, again, as mentioned, where people are going proactively to look for information for a given service. So you need to be there. You have to be part of this comparisons, part of these uh, discussions. You have to stay top of mind. So definitely an underestimated channel that has a lot of potential. Yeah, right. And definitely underestimated, definitely a big opportunity for a lot of products. Dora, I think this has definitely been very interesting to explore a theme that hasn't been talked about at all, actually, or not that much. So thank you for sharing all your wisdom with us. This is perhaps a good place for us to start to wrap. But uh, before we do that, could you tell folks how they can find out more about you and everything you do? Yes. So I am always telling myself that I have to start writing blog posts or be a little bit more proactive. Unfortunately, I just never find the time. This is a bad excuse. I know it's totally on me, but I am active on LinkedIn. I like following their companies and colleagues and uh, yeah, it's just great. As well as some uh, Slack channels that are dedicated. There are quite a few of them nowadays. So we have on growth marketing. So I recommend joining one of them and seeing what people are discussing when you have a spare minute or even ask your own questions. I personally have asked questions and I had some really great discussions. So this will be the right channels and conferences. It's another third thing that I absolutely love. Valuable con conferences that give you great output that you, you can immediately uh, try at your work. Certainly. And we will link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. 
but for now, perhaps it's a good place for us to wrap. Thank you so much for being on the show, Dora. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was great to be here. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share.